That sounds really, oh, yeah, God is good. And all the time. Okay, it's, it's real easy to just kind of look it over. Good, okay, yeah. You know, apple pie. Oh, that's good. Oh, that was a good movie. You know, that's one of our problems with our society today is that the new XR7 is awesome. No, Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights, that's awesome. Childbirth is awesome. Not some silly car. You know, we, we dumb down our words sometimes and lose the effect that they're supposed to have. And that's the case with goodness. The goodness of God. All right, now if we need, if you would. All right, today's scripture verse, and I promise I'm going to tie all this in, but I, my wife said, are you ready, baby? And I said, I am. I've been working on this for a year. She said, okay, good. Okay, well, wonderful. All right, turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 11. And I pray that I've not forgotten anything. And as you're turning, let's pray. Father, I thank you for the privilege. I thank you for the journey. I thank you that you've stayed with me all the way, and you've brought me to this day. Father, one request, and you know that was, that this word that you've given me would flow like a mighty river, that it would wash away everything in its way, that it would bring refreshing where it needs to, and that your people would be encouraged and strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, I may just mess with some of you today, just a little bit. Yeah, and Tiffany's shaking her head. When we think about the goodness, okay, let's read our scripture here. Romans eleven twenty nine. When you're there, say amen. All right, let's go back. To, let's back up a verse to 28. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies on your account. Now, God's talking about Israel. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on the account of the patriarchs. And here's what I want you to hear. If you hear anything else, hear this today. For God's gifts and callings are irrevocable. Now, everybody take out your phone. I know most everybody here has got a phone, except for the speaker who left his on the front row for making the point. Take out your phone. Put it up to your ear. Come on now. I know some of y'all got to drag it out of your purse. That's okay. I'll give you a minute. Everybody there? Okay, Donnie. Well, that's okay. We'll give you now. Okay. You are called. If anybody or anything has told you differently, you're called. Hear that from the Father as clearly as I can make it. Okay, we're done with our phones. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Okay. Back to the goodness. Because it will come up. When we think about goodness, okay, well, let's look at what the Bible says. Let's look at goodness in some of the, in the Bible. Our, de- our definition gets messed up. So some of the verses I could pull off the top of my head right away were, well done thou, good and faithful servant. God put good first. Interesting, because God's about faithfulness, absolutely, but he put good first, not faithful. Interesting. The psalmist David wrote, surely goodness, that's not a woman, I always joke about surely goodness is following me, surely Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. 
not mercy and goodness, goodness and mercy. Now, I'm going somewhere with this promise. I'm going to beat the dog out of the goodness of God, I hope, before the day's over with. This is the verse that really jumped out at me about goodness, though. Israel had really ticked God off. Anybody ever felt like you failed and maybe God was a little unhappy? Just saying. I mean, maybe I'm the only one. And God tells Moses, um, I will send my angel with you and the people, but I'm staying behind. If I go with them, there's going to be problems. Moses gets an attitude and says, if you ain't going, I ain't going. And I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. Wouldn't it be nice if we, got, we started getting that attitude of, God, if you don't go there, I ain't going. I'm not going without you. This is a great place to go, but if you don't go, neither am I. Just a thought. So, and, you know, I think God was pretty, I think God was a little bit, I think he respected that, that Moses had that attitude. Now, the Bible says there was nobody on the planet. No, that, sorry, Joe. No, I think it was Moses. I'm sorry. He, Moses spoke to God face to face. Nobody else had that relationship with God. Nobody. This was Moses here. Moses says, if you don't go, I ain't going. God says, okay, I'll go with you. And, and this is one of the greatest dialogues that God and man ever has. One of the first recorded ones as well. So he's having this talk with God, and Moses says, show me your glory. Okay, well, cool. That, I mean, that sounds awesome. Let's see God's glory. I'm the weighty, the kabod, and all this kind of stuff. The glory of God, that's cool. But see, God one-ups him, kind of. And God says, I will show you all of my goodness. So that tells me that glory is part of God's goodness. And here's what I want you to see. Goodness is everything that you need. If you need healing, he has healing. If you need forgiveness, he has forgiveness. If you need mercy, he has mercy. That's all part of his goodness. So you can see why it's a little bit kind of silly when we call a piece of pie good. Just a thought. Within his mercy, and here's the thing. All right, let's go to, let's all turn there. Uh, Exodus 33. Nineteen, thirty-three, nineteen. One of the things that we get messed up on the goodness of God is that we get confused on, to me, one of my favorites is God as Father. That's one of the things, I'm, I mean, I love Jesus, but it's cool to me that he's my Father. Because I got a dad that I can run to if there's a problem. I can say, hey, dad, what's up? You know, I need your help. And we, we get, we buy into this lie that our father in heaven is not good. That he's angry, that he's per, persnickety, that he's hard to get along with and all these kinds of things. Because maybe we didn't have the greatest example or somebody, you know, Satan just lied to us. We get a misconception of what a good father is. And Satan takes that to the bank as best he can. Well, God doesn't want that for you. He wants you to suffer for, you know, you, you got you to gotta earn everything you get, right? I mean, and yes, we do have to work for what we get. 
but we can never deserve what he gives us, period. You know, Isaiah said, none are righteous. No, not one. And that's where his goodness comes in at. We don't get things in life because we're good. We get things in life because he's good. It's about him, which is great because I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Here's what God and Moses say. He says, the Lord said, I will cause all of my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim, we're going to come back to that in a minute, my name, the Lord, in your presence. Now remember, God just had a little bit of an attitude with the people of Israel. And Moses said, I ain't going if you don't go. He says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. If it's not for his mercy, we're not going anywhere. The sooner we realize that, the more abundant his blessing is going to be in our life. It's not about us. Thank God. I don't know about you, but I look at my track record some days and I'm like, oh my Lord, it's a wonder he lets me in the doors some days. I know maybe I'm the only one who's felt like that. But real life causes us to feel like that some days. Does it not? You know, life throws mess at us and we're, <laughs> in my mind, I was so much more dramatic in this. You know, we're trying to walk the walk of faith and, ooh, hey, cool, what's this? You know, and we get distracted by stuff. Hello, I mean, TV and Facebook are probably two of the biggest distractions in the kingdom. I, <laughs> I'm preaching to me too. But we're walking our walk of faith and here's what happens sometimes. Sometimes we get hit and knocked. And we, our step stutters a little bit. And sometimes we get hit again. And sometimes it feels like we get hit nonstop until we're at our knees. Sometimes we get up and throw a fit and lay down. Hello, I know nobody here's ever done that before. We find our place. We find ourselves in a place where we never intended on being. Never wanted to be. And despite our best efforts, we're still there. Now, Joe Osteen, we, me and my wife read this devotion. One of them, he talks about what kind of father goes to the child who he told not to climb in the tree, who has climbed in the tree, fell out, and broke their arm. What kind of father would say, I told you not to do that, sorry, and walk away? A rotten father would. Not our father in heaven. Regardless of why you find yourself in the place you're at, be it because you blatantly sinned or because you were doing yourself you were doing your best and unfortunately you're still there and you hate that you're there. Maybe it's a level of devotion, maybe it's a, a financial issue, maybe it's a healing in your body that you need. You find yourself someplace and you're like, I'm stuck and I don't know what to do about it. It's about his goodness. It's not about yours and mine. So if you have if you're that little child that has fallen out of the tree. He's going to bind up your wounds because he's good. Because he's a good, good father. I didn't really like that song at first. Me and Josh was talking about that. I didn't really like that song at first because it sound, it had an 80s vibe to it. And I was kind of like, huh. But then as the Lord started rolling it through my heart, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm down with this song. It's cool. Good song. There's a thing in baseball we may get done really fast, and we may not. Who knows? 
There's this thing in baseball, mostly baseball, called the mercy rule. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. A pitcher, a baseball pitcher, y'all, you boys might know this. There's a term called behind in the count. You got so many tries to either strike out the batter or he gets a free ride to the first base. In baseball, when you have three balls and two strikes, they say the pitcher is behind in the count. That next pitch is what's going to determine whether he goes and sits back down in the bench or he goes to first base. Sometimes it's really easy as a Christian to feel like you're behind in the count and you don't even want to take that next pitch. Oh, my God, I don't want to do this again. Please, Lord. Oh, I'm so tired of feeling like it's not making a difference. I'm tired. I'm weak. I'm weary. I don't want to pitch, God. I want to go sit on the bench. I've had it. And that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes the biggest challenges in life are not our mistakes. Some of the biggest challenges in life are our successes. When we've done the right thing, when we've done all that we need to, when we've stood the test of time, we've stood and been faithful, and we still find ourselves in a mess. The mercy rule says that when the other team has amassed an insurmountable lead, they call the game. Not throw out the pitcher. God's not going to kick you to the curb if you don't perform the way that you think you should. And more often than not, it's how you and I think we should be doing it. God's not all up there wringing his hands about, you didn't pray today. You haven't touched your Bible in four weeks, blah, blah, blah. We put that stuff on ourselves, and the devil does too. Yes, you should have daily devotion, but does he want you to feel shame and not come to him because you haven't come to him? What kind of sense does that make? That's the kind of sense that Satan gives us. The mercy rule, when there's an insurmountable lead, they call the game. They say, you know what, game's over. Usually it's 10 points, I think, when or like if 10 points in an inning. You get to that point, they say, game over, because they're saving that other team embarrassment, especially in baseball. You know, football, there's a time limit. Our seasons are, our challenges are for a season. They're not forever. Don't make, that's one of the things, anyway, that's one of the things that the Apostle Paul says, it is for but a moment in this life. So, the, the umpire call comes in and says, all right, game over, we're stopping the game. That's the best way to illustrate mercy. When we were found lost in sin, we had no hope. We had no, no chance. Bound up in struggles, bound up in strife, bound up in this, bound up in that, we're, we're stuck. Or... The other way, you're doing everything you can, but you feel mired in your situations and your life. Same difference. God's goodness. When you can't count on anything, you can count on his goodness. They stop the game. They say, okay, um, game over. And usually the pitcher goes to the dugout. Now, he doesn't go play rugby. He doesn't take up wrestling. He continues to be a pitcher. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. If he called you 
to be a minister of the gospel, then it doesn't matter how you mess up or where you find yourself in life. You're still called. Remember the phone? You're still called. Not because of your performance, not because of your ability, but because of his calling. Again, it's about him, which that takes a lot of the pressure off. The word calling in the, in the Greek means originating from heaven. We're not called because we're good enough. We're not called because our daddy was a preacher. We're not called because we're the third cousin to the seventh potentate of the great mighty church of whatever. We're called because of our father in heaven loves us. Nobody's a mistake. You know, sometimes you look at, you look at some lives and you're like, boy, God, I don't know what you had planned there. He always has a plan. <laughs> yeah, laugh, please. It'll help me relax. We, we look at things and we're like, hmm, I don't know about that. God hasn't changed his mind about you. His mind is the same about you as the day you were created. Doesn't matter what's happened in between. Does not matter. His mind is the same about you. He loves you. He cares about you. He has blessings for you. You're the apple of his eye. As Pastor Hank would say, if God had a wallet, your picture is in it. Because he's a good father. Yes, we can make mistakes. We can take ourselves in life that make him have to adjust how he uses our calling. But that calling's still there. I mean... It's funny, I don't, just for some of you who have lived a little bit of life, when you're out partying and kind of that kind of stuff, all of a sudden you get spiritual. You can't even get drunk without Jesus interrupting it. <laughs> There's been a lot of people who say, it's the call on my life was the only thing that kept me alive. There was a time I had went out drinking and partying, and my daughter knows I was no saint, so this ain't no surprise to her. I, I don't know what I'd even done, but I made it home that night safely. The next morning, I'm going to go shooting with my buddy. So I got my rifle in the back and all this kind of stuff. Hung over, driving down the highway. Totally didn't see the cop, the officer. Show respect. Did not see the state trooper. He pulls me over, and I'm sitting there hung over. I'm like, and I just feel this sense of God say, I can get you whenever I want you. I'm being gracious to you. I was like, now did I stop living like that not yet no but that calling was still there that gifting was still there I remember it's so funny because I told people I told my parents I remember to this day between my sophomore and junior year I'm never going to be in front of people talking it's stupid that I should have to take speech class <laughs> God has such a sense of humor Never say never. That's exactly right. What do you need mercy for today? Are you swinging at whatever it is? And you feel like you're behind the count? Have you fallen down and you just don't have the gumption to get back up? Just something to think about. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. If he called you to be a minister of the gospel doesn't matter what it looks like now <laughs> Moses was a man of stuttering and stammering lips just saying 
if you were called to healing when you were a child, when you was a, a nine-year-old little girl, you're still called to healing. If he gave you a set of pipes to sing his praises, you're still called to sing his praises. If you feel like in the the scorecard of life, you got a, a 96 and the level was 97, you're still called. Okay, now let me shift gears here just a little bit. We look at our country, think this place is going to Gahina in a handbasket. It's easy to get discouraged about your day-to-day walk. Stuff up in that city's a mess. What's the point? We'll just take care of our little corner of the world and it'll be okay. I think the Lord's had enough. I really do. I think he's tired of having his name bashed. I think he's tired of being misrepresented. And more importantly, I think he wants to show his goodness to his children in this country again. I believe he's going to take and do... Thank you. I believe he's going to put someone in the White House. And I'm not getting into politics, I promise. I believe he's going to put somebody in the White House... When he does what he's going to do and what he wants to do, it will be obvious it wasn't because of the man in the White House. I truly, honestly believe God wants to do something in this nation. I have never been... I was preaching this better yesterday when it was just me in the empty chairs, but I've never been this excited about what's going on in the kingdom in my entire life. Me, personally, I'm older and wiser I got a beautiful wife. Hello, that's enough to get up in the morning as it is. I believe God's had enough of what's went on in our country the last couple of years. I think he's fixing to do something. I think he's fixing to do something in Cleveland, Tennessee. I know for a fact he's fixing to do something in Church of the Harvest. We've had our teeth kicked in. Hear me when I say we've had our teeth kicked in, but we weren't knocked down. I think it's time for payback. Hear me as clearly as I can say, please get on the bandwagon with me. You know, I love looking at our younger leaders because I see the next generation. Help me, Jesus. I see the next generation of Church of the Harvest, and I'm encouraged because they're great young men and women. It tells me that God's still faithful, that he's got us in his hand. I'm, for one, am ready to jump on the bandwagon with them. And do whatever I can. Now, I'm older and wiser, but I don't move as fast as I used to. So I have certain things that I can offer. I can tell them this and that, and I'm going to let them do it. I'm going to hope that they listen when I tell them. And if they don't, well, then there, I'll be there to help them pick them up. But I 100% believe that God's fixing to do something in this house and in this city. And I want to be a part of it. So this is my friendly reminder to you. If you're not sure that you're called, on those days that you doubt that God has something for you, or you're not sure, I want you to take out that phone, put it up to your head, and say, I'm still called. Think about it this way. Okay, what if God doesn't have big plans for us? But if we believed, if just for a moment we believed that he had something big for us, would that not be enough to make him move his hand? Faith moves the hand of God. I'm excited. I'm looking for great things to happen. But like myself and like many of us, sometimes we find that place where there's still a hurt. There's still a hang-up. 
there's still a habit and we don't know what to do about it. Or we, we've stood the test of time and come here, Josh, come here. <laughs> don't let me push you. No, you're letting me. Don't let me push you. Come on, come on, push harder, come on, push harder, push harder, come on. Now, I know I'm fat, but come on. All right, stop. Did Josh intend to end up here? Did he just let it happen? No, but you know what? He's still here. And as a Christian, we find ourselves there sometimes. He wants to be back over there, but he knows that he's here, and there's something in between him and where he wants to be. That's where God's goodness comes in. It doesn't matter if you did it. Satan did it. One of my favorite John Wayne lines. Thank you, Josh. Give him a hand. One of my favorite John Wayne lines. They, the sons of Katie Elder, I think it is. No, little Jake, little Jake. The bad guy has blows off and tells John Wayne this. And then John Wayne repeats it back to him later. I don't care your fault, my fault, nobody's fault. If that boy dies, I'm going to blow your head off. That's the attitude our Father has about us when it comes to our calling and our gifting. He will move heaven and earth. There's a song, God will wage a war. That's how hard, that's how strong our Father is behind us in what he's called us to do, in the gifts and talents that he's given us. He will do whatever he has to. My fault, your fault, nobody's fault. His mercy is still there for whatever it is we need. So as a pastor of Church of the Harvest, I'm just reminding you, you're still called. You, regardless of what it may look like on the outside, stuff's fixing to happen. And we need everybody. Now granted, maybe he's called you to a life of prayer and fasting or, or a, a, a time of prayer and fasting every day. It doesn't have to be anything great, big, whatever, you know. Or it could be. But his mercy is there for us. He hasn't changed his mind. There's little known fact, and I like showing this off just because it makes me sound smart sometimes. We know that God changed the Bible, the name of people in the Bible. Joshua's name wasn't always Joshua. Joshua's name to begin with was Hoshea. His name meant salvation or savior. Moses changed his name to from Hoshea to Joshua, God saves. Abraham, father, or excuse me, Abram, father. Abraham, father of nations. He didn't change who they were. He added him to it. It wasn't about them. Abraham made some big mistakes. Hagar, hello, you know. Joshua, I don't think, made too many mistakes, but he hasn't changed our mind about his mind about you and I. Regardless of what it looks like on the outside, whatever we're going through today, it's not about us, it's about him. God's got the remedy. Whatever the challenge is, and we're going to get out here early and praise the Lord. I'm good with that. God's got the remedy. You know, when you go to the doctor, you have to figure out what the problem is first. You may not know what the problem is exactly today. What it is that's holding you back in this area. What's challenging you and keeping you from moving forward. Whatever it is, he has the remedy. And the remedy is his goodness. 
His goodness is the totality of who he is. If it needs to be mercy, it's mercy. If it needs to be grace, it's grace. If it needs to be finances, it's finances. Whatever the challenge is, he has the remedy. And it's about him because he loves us. He saves us from the lifestyle that we're in. And if that were enough, that would be okay. But he wants to do so much more. He wants to open our minds. I I think about the fact of where I'm at today compared to the young kid from the cornfields of Indiana. Holy cow. When you watch my life story at the end of it, when I watch my life story at the end of it all, I'm going to, whoa. And I think if you and I were to think about it, we'd go, wow, God, you were great. You were better to me than I was better to you. Whatever you're going through, he's got you. Your fault, their fault, nobody's fault, doesn't matter. His goodness is still ready for you. We're going to listen to a little video and listen to the song. Josh, if you'd come up and help me. I think I've said all I need to say, so I'm going to leave it at that. I watched this, I, I listened to this video, and you may have seen it on, you may have heard it on Christian radio. I'll just let it speak for itself. If somebody would help me with the lights, David, Larry, somebody's working on it already. I want you to listen to this song, and I want you to let it minister to you. Wherever it is that you need to do something different, wherever it is that you need his mercy, whatever the case may be, he has it. Go ahead, Austin. And it had such an amazing impact on my heart. You know, not only in its lyrical content, but then when I heard the story behind it, it really changed the way I looked at this song. There was a pastor in Ohio who had a heart surgeon that went to his church. But one of the things that this pastor wanted to do was he wanted to see a heart surgery take place. And when the day of the surgery came, they rolled the patient in and they began to cut her chest cavity open. They took her heart out and they begin to repair it. One of the things they do is is they have to restart the heart again before they close the chest cavity. And as they begin to do the procedures to start the heart, the heart wouldn't start. Finally, the doctor did something so out of textbook and not written down. It's just something that you really don't do. And he got down on his knees. He said, Mrs. Johnson, this is your doctor. He said, we have fixed your heart. We have repaired it. There's nothing wrong with your heart. Ms. Johnson, if you can hear me, I need you to tell your heart to beat again. And her heart began to beat. And why do I share this story with you? Because the great physician has fixed your heart and my heart. But I find it interesting that sometimes we allow the voice of the enemy to whisper louder than the voice of our Father. And it seems like some of these voices tell us that, you know what, that situation we'll never recover from. Or what that person did, we can never forgive again. But I'm here to let you know that you can forgive again. You can get back up again. You can move forward with your life and you don't have to walk with a limp. It's simply like this doctor said to this lady. This lady had to come into agreement. The heart was repaired. God has fixed your problem. Your heart is fixed. But you have to come in agreement with God. You know, I look at my story and I look at how I went through loss and how I had to get myself back up. When I look at the pain of my past, it doesn't sting like it used to. But I look back and I see, look what the Lord has done. And I know God wants to do the same for you. I want you to begin to hope again. He wants you to believe again. He wants you to trust again. The great physician, our Father, through Jesus, wants you to tell your heart to beat again.